This is Mark Halleck, and welcome to the Leading Church Revitalization Podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage and equip you for the work of leading church revitalization in your context. I really hope and pray you will be helped and you'll be encouraged and you might even be a little bit inspired in our time together. Because here's the truth, there's a lot of churches people have given up on that God is just not done with. So thanks for coming by and let's link arms together to replant and revitalize churches for the glory of God and for our joy in Him. For many years, I had the great privilege and joy of serving as a youth pastor in three wonderful congregations. Throughout my years of youth ministry, I believed in the power of prayer, no question. I believed that we need the power of God to move in the hearts of people, young and old, in order to see lives truly transformed for His glory. But I can tell you, it wasn't until the Lord called me to help revitalize a dying church that I truly became desperate for God in prayer. For a while in ministry, you and I might be able to lean on our own gifting and passion and zeal, but when you're looking at a situation where God has to show up in power, or this isn't going to go, as is the case in church revitalization, you don't understand just how deep your need for prayer really is. Over the years, the Lord has continued to make me see and feel my need for surrendered, desperate, persistent prayer. This is His grace at work. I'm convinced more than ever that persistent prayer has been and will always be the most important discipline and practice for the pastor that is called to church revitalization. Several years ago, a friend introduced me to a book by an old Methodist Episcopal pastor named E.M. Bounds. He wrote a book in 1913 called Power Through Prayer. This was a profound book for me as I hadn't before read an author so zealous for prayer in the life of the believer. The implications of Bound's book were massive, not only for my life with God, but for my ministry. There's a particular paragraph from the book that has stuck with me for years, and I come back to this short paragraph regularly to be reminded and convicted of my deep need to become a man marked by passionate, persistent prayer. Bound says this, listen to this, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer, end quote. When I first read this paragraph, I thought, God, make me that kind of man. Make me the kind of pastor that's on fire for you and your purposes by your Holy Spirit through prayer. Make me prayerfully dependent on you in all things. I became convinced that this kind of prayer is needed in all churches and particularly in congregations that are nearing death and congregations that need new life breathed into them. If God is going to move, if God is going to bring the spiritually dead back to life, If God is going to breathe life and fresh passion into towns and communities 
through renewed and revitalized churches, then we need pastors that are going to fall on their faces in prayer. But here's the thing. It's not only that revitalizers must be men of prayer, but priority number one must be that they lead their congregations to be congregations marked by prayer, where prayer is central. Churches that are made up of praying people. I often think of a story that I heard years ago about Charles Spurgeon. There was a group of American pastors who went over to London because they had heard of the great Spurgeon. They heard about this Baptist preacher, how his church was blowing up and how they were reaching thousands upon thousands of lost people with the gospel. So this group of American pastors was asking, what's the secret? We've got to see this for ourselves. So they took a trip to visit Spurgeon and his church. Here's how the visit played out. Spurgeon takes them for a walk through the church building. It's a Sunday morning, the time of morning when the worship service is going on. While the congregation is singing in the sanctuary, he takes these pastors into the depths of the church building into the boiler room. Spurgeon opens the door and all of a sudden in front of them is a group of 400 people on their knees praying, praying for the service, praying that God would move in power praying for Spurgeon as a preacher. Spurgeon then looks at this group of men and says, there, gentlemen, there is the secret for God's blessing his work here. I remember hearing that story and thinking, our church must have prayer like that because we need God to move like that. It is through prayer that the power of God moves in and transforms the hearts of his people. For this reason, one of the first things that we must prioritize in our lives and in our churches, is this kind of devoted, dependent, persistent prayer. When we go to the scriptures, one example of a pastor and leader who believed in the power of prayer was the Apostle Paul. He was a man passionate about prayer, and we see this throughout his letters. Here are just a few examples. In Romans 15.30, he writes, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God, on my behalf. This striving is almost a sense of fighting together in prayer. Paul understood the battle he was in. Oh, I need your prayer. Strive together with me. Fight together with me in prayer for this ministry, for this church, for this community, for these people. You can you can hear almost hear Paul pleading with this church. In Ephesians 6:18 through 20, Paul is unapologetically asking the Christians in Ephesus to pray for himself and other believers. We read this, At all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak." Well, with Paul, in our church revitalization efforts, prayer must be a top priority. Let me share, both today and the next week, 12 specific ways we as shepherd pastors must pray for our lives, for our leadership, and for our ministries. Many of these prayers are critical in any area of pastoral leadership, but they are especially significant in a revitalization context. Here are 12 key areas in which not only we as individuals must be praying, but also our church members. Let me just uh, look at the first four of these today. Here's number one. Pray that you will keep your eyes on God. 
In church revitalization, we can quickly mess things up. I know this has been true in my own life and ministry. Mistakes and poor choices I've made as a result of following my own lead instead of the Lord's. We must crave a constant humble dependence that keeps our eyes focused on God. Let our constant plea be, O Lord, don't let me lean on my own understanding. Rather, cause me to trust fully in you. Let me be in line with your will and your desires. Keep me in step with your spirit. Number two, pray for courage and boldness. As the Lord leads us, as the Lord leads our congregations, we need to pray for courage and boldness. Some of us need to grow in our courage as leaders. We need to grow in our boldness because ministry can be scary. People can be intimidating and our fear of them can cause us to become overly timid in our leadership. Yet the Lord has called us to lead and pastor in His strength and in His power. Because of this, we pray for courage and we pray for boldness to go where the Lord is leading, even in the face of criticism and opposition. Number three, pray for humility. Humility must be our primary posture, both in prayer and in ministry. Our egos must be kept in check. We must constantly pray that our pride would not get in the way of the Lord's work in our lives and in our churches, that we would stay humble before the Lord. May we be the kinds of pastors and leaders who plead with God daily, Lord, make me humble before your people. One of the ways that we practice this kind of humility is through the prioritization of praying for God to raise up other leaders. It's one thing to pray for humility. It's another to lead from a place of humility alongside others. One of the action steps we must take to help see this become a reality is to raise up others to lead alongside you. This is one of many reasons why a plurality of pastors is so critical to our leadership effectiveness in the local church. And so we pray, Lord, raise up other leaders. Raise up others who can help shepherd this church. It's not all about me. I don't want to make this all about me. This church will never get to be as healthy as you want it to be if it's just me trying to do this thing. So Lord, please raise up humble, godly leaders who can shepherd your flock well. Finally, for today, number four, pray that you will rely on the Lord's strength. One of my favorite hymns is, I Need Thee Every Hour. The chorus of this great hymn should be one that we sing every day to the Lord. It goes like this, Lord, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. If we ever find ourselves drifting from this type of dependent posture before the Lord, we're in big trouble. We cannot rely on our own strength in church revitalization. Listen, we might be able to pull it off for a while, but ultimately this will lead us to discouragement, to burnout, or worse. When we are seeking to do ministry in our own strength, things go south fast. Our walk with the Lord suffers, our marriages suffer, our preaching is weak, our leadership is poor, our hearts are cold. And so we pray, oh God, oh God, help me not to rely on my own strength, but to be totally reliant on your strength. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Hey, as you continue to grow, I want to point you in the direction of a book called Leading Church Revitalization. This entire podcast is really built on and based on that book. 
You can pick it up at Amazon.com today. Also, check out AcomaPress.org. Press is committed to putting out resources to help encourage and equip you as a revitalizer or a replanter. It's also very committed to help equip congregations that are struggling and facing serious decline. And one last thing, I would love to stay in touch with you. So let's connect on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Any way I can serve you, I would love to do that. Man, I can't wait till we're together next time. Thanks so much for stopping by. God bless you all.